Welcome back to the Deep Fried Podcast. I'm your host as always, Andres Ramos. I'm just going to get out the way. Uh, my fucking internet fucked up. I recorded an episode. My computer is so fucking old that when I, reboot, when I rebooted it, episode was fucking gone. Shit was just frustrating. I had the guy come today. He fixed it. Everything's cherry. So, yeah. But that being the time that I usually come through on Monday through Wednesday, my daughter is being watched. We have a, uh, we have a care to watch her. And, um, so it's Thursday today. So if you guys hear my little baby, uh, sorry, but fuck you. She goes above you no matter what. But, um, first thing I want to start this pod off by saying is, uh, thanking Sammy. I know you listen to this dude. Uh, anyone that's came from Sammy's podcast to stick around to my show. Welcome. I fully welcome you guys. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, thank you guys for enjoying it. Thank you guys for listening to it. And it was fucking awesome. Sammy, I'll get into it real quick. Sammy, uh, thank you, dude, for having me. It was so fun. You really did get, like, the the best of me, I guess I would say. Because, you, like, uh, before the pod started, you said that you somehow, some way, get, like, stuff out of people that they said they wouldn't even, didn't even think about they were going to say. Dude, the shit that you asked and the shit that, like, how, how hard it hit me to home and how much I felt like I just needed to get out. I had no clue I was going to say that shit. So thank you, man. Anyone, if you're listening, if you're listening you go, oh, fuck, uh, I wonder what he's talking about. Go ahead and listen to him. He's a very good friend of mine. He's a fucking brother to me. I'm a ride or die guy for him. And I was listening to my old pack. I was listening to my old podcast before, and I can't believe, I can't believe I never gave him a shout out before. It's uh, in Bones Mind. That's B O N E Z Mind. So I N B O N. I don't know why the fuck I'm spelling for you. It's in Bones Mind. It's an amazing fucking podcast. It's awesome. He's super inspiring. He's he's a funny ass dude. He's hilarious. He's one of my homies. So if you guys think I'm funny, take my word for it. My bad, I get my baby real quick, she was freaking out for a little bit, but again, I don't know, it's the next time I'm going to do a podcast where she's here, so this isn't going to be a very often thing, but um, the only other thing, the only other thing I can say about that podcast is just how how inspiring it was to me to finally like get on the bus again and start doing this again, again, sorry for the inconvenience of be, even being late on this because fucking Xfinity, it, it's been so solid for me this whole time, it feels like any internet service, as soon as you hit like the three month mark, it's like, yeah, time to fuck with you shithead, and I felt like this is what's going on, but the guy was super cool, shout out to the guy, if he's listening to this somehow, some way, shout out to you homeboy, but um, yeah, it was just super inconvenient for me, but sorry, Uh, in terms of just why I haven't been consistent with the podcast, i just been fucking up, I, just, I mean, not even so much fucking up, like I had my, my baby, my love over here, and um, yeah, so I've just been taking care of her. Again, I could have possibly did the podcast still like I'm doing it now. That she's you guys will probably be hearing in the background a little bit. But um it's not a big deal. So again, sorry if if you guys do hear and guys kinda of freak you out. Um one thing I want to talk about like solo wise, I guess, is is about the Kit Cuddy album. And uh if you guys already heard Sammy's podcast, I I guess I'll get into it a little more because this is this is uh, like one week in to the to the album. I still feel the exact same. Great album, ten out of ten album. Kit Cudi has always been a guy. Has always been a guy that I've been like aligned with in high school. I, people, I remember in the Duke Corps bus, I would I would listen to him so much. People used to call me Kit Cudi, like fucking around, and it was just he's always been a guy that's been in my life, and I'm so thankful for that guy. And it's it's awesome, but that's without bias. Without bias, I'm telling you, I just love this album. Then again, it's really hard to say without bias because you already had that like I already had that found love and respect for him. So um. With that being said, just as someone like this that I try to listen to the album, just like with no bias, I guess I would give it like a like a eight out of ten, so much. But like because I fucking love him, it's a ten out of ten, and not even so much of that. Like I'm a huge fan, and I think that shit's a ten out of ten album. Eight out of ten to me even like makes me like kind of cringe. Like it's not an eight out of ten album though, you know. But it's still it's like I can see how someone can rate it that because it's like they're not a big fan. I get I see a lot of people giving hate on it. I, that that shit like I I I don't understand that shit because the same type of people that give it like. 
this criticism where it's like, oh, you Kid Cudi cats are weird. It's like, bro, like, you guys are sounding like the baby and shit. You guys are giving that shit like a 10 out of 10. Fuck you, dude. I, I, I fuck with the baby, but he ain't shit when it comes to fucking, like, creative creativeness and, uh, and just his, his flow is, is, uh, is like, his, his flow in terms of just the way he gets down in his rhymes, it's unmatchable. He just goes off the rip, goes, goes, goes. He reminds me a lot of Megan Thee Stallion and shit. They just flow, flow, flow. Which I respect the fuck out of, but it's like I'm I'm not gonna listen to a the baby album and get out of that album and think like, wow, what a real what a, what a great experience. No one's saying that after you listen to a the baby album. You know what I mean? Kid Cudi, it's this experience where it's like it has this mold of all three of the albums all combined about how much pain and how much suffering he's been through in the past two albums and how he puts it in this one and how now it's like a different light, more of a party type of vibe, more of a vibe where it's like everything like. Now this is where I'm supposed to be, and it's and it's an amazing album. I think it's perfect because the first one they showed him like coming up and how he was hungry for for this uh, this drive for success and how he was hungry for this drive to make his, make his mother proud and how it was the only thing that he can cope with and how he can go through with life. The second one was how how horrible life was at the time and how he was on drugs and how it was just so fucked up. But somehow, someway, he was finding the way and light to go day by day to make sure that it was that everything was okay. Third album was this thing where it's just like, fuck it, we're here, we're alive, we made it through all that crazy shit, so now let's live it the fuck up. Still very deep songs on there, still a lot of songs on there that's just super sentimental to him, and it's just, it, it's a beautiful mixture of, of all three albums kind of mixed into one. And as a Kid Cudi fan that was so hype and so ready for Man of the Moon 3, I couldn't be any happier the way he went with this album. Because I know a lot of cats were like, oh, this isn't Man on the Moon, it's like, it's not supposed to be Man Number One or Number Two. Number Number Two isn't like one, and Number One isn't fucking like two. It's the reason why Kid Cudi is such a beautiful fucking artist is because every album he puts you through, it's not the same type of flow. It's not the same type of shit. You're going through something brand new every fucking time, and it's lovely. And um, like like I don't know. To this day, my favorite Kid Cudi album is not even fucking uh, not even a fucking Man on the Moon album. It's 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 in the cut, and like uh, I love that fucking album. My bad. I had to check if it was even called Indica. I got dad brain today. I was I was up a little earlier this morning. But yeah, Indica is my favorite album of all time. Not of all time, but of Kid Cudi's discography. It's it to me. That's just such a beautiful album. I think I think Indica in a lot of ways reminds me of Birds in the Trap, Sing Bright Midnight by Travis Scott, and an album that's like um, Nothing Was the Same by Drake. A lot of like those albums specifically, they get passed over so much because. I think that was the artist at their fucking prime, and they were just like, well, yeah, that's just Kid Cudi doing Kid Cudi shit. That's just Drake doing Drake shit. That's just Scott doing Scott shit. But if you go back and listen to those albums, every fucking song is so amazing where you go, I can't believe people just brushed over this because it was the greatness in it. Like, yeah, that's that's what was supposed to happen. If you watch sports, it's very reminiscent of like when LeBron was on the heat. When it was happening, it was like, well, yeah, it's LeBron on the heat. What do you expect? But it's like, if you go back and look at his stat lines, you go back and look at his highlights, you're like, whoa. This this wasn't just any uh, uh, NBA player. This was LeBron fucking James. You go back to the lyrics, that the type of shit Cudi was saying, the type of shit that Drake was saying, Travis Scott at the time they made those albums. That wasn't them just in their regular element. That was them when they were at such a fucking high where anything they put out was considered gold. And because of that, we got regular to it. And because we got regular to it, we didn't appreciate it as much. And again, I think we're going to go back and look at albums like that and realize like, oh yeah, these guys, this is when they're in the fucking prime. But at the time, we didn't really care for it. Which is fucking nuts. So, mock my words. All I'm saying is, in, is in a year or two, people are gonna people are gonna start with this shit, saying like, "Hey, can we start appreciating that there was the same? Can we start appreciating birds in the trap in the birds in the trap singing Brian Night? Because it's there was such flawless fucking albums, and again, it was such a thing where we just thought, "Oh yeah, you know, it's regular shit." But yeah. Um. Next thing I'll talk about. Uh, 
sorry, these horrible transitions. I'm supposed to be fucking like blending it in. But I watched recently the Hulu show about the Wu-Tang Clan, and it was a dope fucking show. I didn't think I was going to like it. Uh, why? Well, I, I mean, it was it was a cool show, actually. Sorry, take my words back. I didn't really care for it. I thought I was going to love it. I didn't really care for it. I thought it had like this kind of like corniness to it where it was just, it tried too hard to be a show that like really wasn't the way it was like flowing. It was like, here's the music portion, like like two minutes of it. Like, we're going to have, like, the, like Dave East, which played Met the Man, and, like, ODB do, like, a freestyle. But it's, like, after that, literally, we don't hear hip-hop or anything until the next fucking, like, episode. Which seems super inconsistent to me, because it's like, yeah, like, I understand, like, Wu-Tang went through a bunch of shit. But I think the beauty of it and how they should have captured the essence of what Wu-Tang was is, all right, let's show this crazy shit, but at least give, like, 10 to 15 minutes just about how how much of a struggle it was just for them to fucking get down on this shit. Just how much of a struggle it was for them to find their equipment to get into this shit. It gets into it a little bit on the RZA. He has to steal this fucking, like, beat deck. But it's such, like, a corny way they go about it where it's, like, he's just in there. He's such, like, an awkward, weird cat. And it's, like, dude, you see RZA. RZA's, like, an awkward, like a weird cat, but he, like, just the actor that plays him. I don't know what it is about him. It's just, like, dude, that guy acts nothing like RZA. ODB, that guy's okay, I guess. Met the man with Dave East, he's the, it's kind of weird. It just doesn't seem like a well-polished show. It seems like they could have fixed a lot of fucking things. I think when you look at that show and you look at like a movie like Straight Outta Compton, mind you, Straight Outta Compton is a movie, but if Straight Outta Compton was a show, Straight Outta Compton would be way fucking better. More into the music, more into the behind the details about how they had to get to the get, get to the beats, how they had to get to the samples. And every time, like, I, the things I am saying, they get into it, but barely enough for you not to bitch about it, you know what I mean, but I'm bitching about it, of course, that's what I am, a professional bitcher, I'm a podcaster, so I gotta bitch about something, but with that being said, I had, like I said on Sammy's podcast about having an epiphany about The Sopranos, the reason why I originally bring that up, because I was thinking about Wu-Tang, I also had an epiphany about music, if you don't listen to fucking Wu-Tang Clan, and you you have a hip-hop opinion, I'm not listening to your stupid fucking opinion, keep it to yourself, you dumb motherfucker, because Wu-Tang is what what hip-hop fucking is, you hear hip-hop, I hear fucking Wu-Tang Clan, the essence of what they bring into every single lyric, into every single rhyme, into every single beat. It's just this raw ingredients of what hip-hop was meant to be. And they captured it all. Every song, every beat by beat, every lyric by lyric is just so powerful and strong and punches you right in your fucking face. And it's, it just, it gives, it shows you what hip-hop was meant to be. Just this style, just this aura, just this bravado of like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm here in your ear and I, you can't do shit about it. And you can't look away. It's just like a car crash. You can't stop fucking listening. It's amazing. When they're talking about going in for getting in the car and about a robbing, robbing a motherfucker, you're in the fucking car with them, in the back seat, ready to fucking roll with them. Wu-Tang is just, they, they it, it's amazing. I can be on two hours of sleep. You slap on like liquid swords. I'm fucking rolling, dog. That shit is amazing. And on Liquid Swords, they sample a lot of, um, not sample, but they put a lot of, sorry for the ringtone, by the way. They um, they talk about, uh, they don't talk about, what the fuck am I saying? They have a lot of, a lot of like skits, kind of in a way, of, uh, of a movie called uh, Shogun Assassin. People, I watched this movie last night. What a great fucking movie. Awesome movie. I highly recommend it. Right now, it's on the Korea, uh, fuck, what is it called? Criterion channel, that's like a service you sign up for, the only reason I sign up for it is just to watch this movie, but I don't regret it at all, it's a two week service, this movie's fucking awesome, if you love like Kill Bill, shit like that, it's a great fucking movie, my brother my brother suggested it to me many times, I never really watched it, I wanted to watch it, but it was just one of those things I just forgot about, I started listening to Liquid Swords, I saw it, and I heard, fuck what, I think this is that movie, Shogun Assassin, sure enough, I watched it, and it was like fucking raw, amazing fucking movie, you can so, t- you can so totally see where he, where Jizza got that, 
got that essence from while he was making that album because he was the Shogun Assassin. He put you in the mind of Shogun Assassin, how he was ready to fuck dudes up, and it was just awesome. Another thing with Entertainment 2 that I originally got through with that point was Sopranos and how great of a fucking show Sopranos is. Sopranos is such a fucking awesome show. Sopranos, I think, in my mind, is the greatest show I've probably ever seen of all time. But again, that's just me. And I don't want to get too much into Sopranos because I really do want to get into like next, next episode and more episodes after that because I'm going slowly about it. So there's that. Uh, people, uh, that's the first half of the podcast. People that are new to this podcast, I do two sections of the pod. I try to do 10 to 15 minutes each section. The first section being like pop culture and just what the fuck I've been doing lately and uh, what, what just little things like that. So that was the first section. If you are a sports person, before you get into this podcast, I'm going to let you know. I am a Viking fan, I am a Denver Nugget fan, and I guess I'm like a Dodger hybrid like Brewers fan. I fuck with Kristen Yelich a lot, he's dope. And I don't really fuck with baseball like that, so there's that. So if you're not really into sports, this is the second half sports section. I usually, this is what I do, I do a little countdown, and we start the sports section. So three, two, one, you are into sports now, buddy. So um, I'll start off with my beloved Minnesota Vikings. Uh, fellas, I don't know. Or whoever this is, if you're a lady, you like, you like sports too, so listen. I don't know what the fuck happened against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was a meltdown. It wasn't even so much a meltdown. It was just Dan Bailey. It's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with him? I understand, like, the the job of a kicker is so fucking hard. I want to get into more about the jobs too later. I'll talk about it more. But the job of a kicker is so fucking hard. And people just say, well, they only have to go out there one time in the field. or fucking, like, five times out of the field in total. Dude, those five times as you fuck up, it's your ass. No matter what happens, when the end of the score, if it's 23 to 21, people go, well, why is it 23? Fucking Dan Bailey missed a kick. It, your name always gets brought up whenever you miss a fucking kick. Or, fuck, man, I can't believe the Chiefs lost. Well, yeah, fucking Butker, he missed a fucking three, uh, a three-point at the very end of the game. It's it, And it's it, that's on Harrison Butker the rest of the fucking week. People are always going to remember that shit. In the NFL, every game is so fucking crucial. I don't have to tell you guys I'm Captain Obvious. Every game is so crucial that where it's like, if you just fuck up on that, it's over. We had playoff contention. We had a chance. All that solely failed off the leg of Dan Bailey. I'm not one of these guys that's a fucking total douchebag, total asshole, total waste of fucking waste of air and breath that send death threats to people whenever they fuck up. I understand. There's a reason why you get paid so much money. There's a reason why you're in the league, and there's a reason why you are who you are, because it's a hard job, and you're the only person that could fucking do it. <clears throat> but it just fucking sucks that he missed it, you know? It's infuriating. It just pisses me off. But again, I I wish no ill will toward, towards Dan Bailey. He's an awesome guy as a person. He seems like a, such a cool family man. I, every time I see him like on Instagram, some shit, he's with his kids. He's a great guy. But it just fucking sucks that it had to come down to this. It's like, dude, I... Like, like initially, I told my brother, I was like, "Man, I don't know. Like, we can't, we can't cut him. Kickers are so fucking hard to come by," which is a true statement. But it's also a true statement where it's like, we don't got fucking time. Sorry, my fucking fridge is going off, but we don't have time to, to fucking keep him. You know, it's just like we gotta get going to the next. But then again, it's the, it's near the end of the season. We're not gonna make the fucking playoffs, and it just fucking sucks, man. Because the first four weeks, I was like, "Fuck it, here we go. We're riding that train for Tre- Trevor Lawrence. We're gonna get a new quarterback, Kirk." We got to get Kirk out of here. I, Kirk Cousins, I love him. He What he's done for our team is probably the epitome of like mediocrity. But it's like, dude, he plays so fucking good sometimes. And I fucking love it. Every time that we're our back's against the wall and it's his time to win, he fucking wins. And I think that's why he keeps bringing me back. I just feel like a battered girlfriend right now. I just feel like a battered boyfriend where it's just like, 
he keeps fucking me up, but somehow, some way, he says some sweet ass shit to me and buys me some roses, and I just go, I fucking still love this dude. You know what I mean? And it just fucking sucks, dude, because it's he's just tricked me so many times. This piece of shit. But then he goes off. He goes behind my back, and he fucking starts throwing three interceptions and throws for 120 yards and just blows us a game. Mind you, though, our our offensive line has been really fucking bad. I'll say that that much. But um. I don't know. It's it, it sucks. It just sucks. The NFL, the way it's rolling right now, I did predict that the Packers and the Chiefs were going to go to the Super Bowl in the beginning of our the beginning of uh, this year. This year's uh, NFL show, like preview. I was blowing smoke out of my ass, kind of. I was saying that I do think the Packers really are the shit, and I 100% stick to that statement because I was not bullshitting at the time at all. Even my buddy Ramon thought I was bullshitting, but I was being for real. They're fucking amazing. I, they do have a little bit of flaws in their offense. The O line looked kind of shitty against the Buccaneers, but that was a very early game. They're a different, kind of a different team now. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see how good they are come playoffs. I don't think in the NFC I can't see any team beating them unless they play the Bucks again. And even then, if the Bucks play them again, it's like uh, like like I don't know. If they play the Seahawks, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson ten out of fucking ten times. I understand people love Russell Wilson. I understand you want to hear the man cook, but the thing is, without the Legion of Boom, the man hasn't won shit. Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl solely based off his technique, solely based off of his ability to play. The best player that was on his team at that time when he won the Super Bowl was Clay fucking Matthews. People, where's Clay Matthews now? What was he before? What was he after Aaron Rodgers? What was his best? What was his best weapon when they won the Super Bowl? What did he have in that Super Bowl? Where people said, "Oh man, that was so fucking dope." And Aaron Rodgers had this person on the out and behind him was just doing this and doing that. It's like, dude, he's never had shit, man. He's barely getting shit right now with Jamal, Jamal sorry. He's barely getting shit right now with with Aaron Jones and with uh with um Devontae. And look at him, man. They're fucking their offense looks unreal because he has a running game finally. Something that I mean and a running game also can mean so much to a quarterback. It can make a meteor quarterback look amazing. Uh, Russell's always had a running game. I know people want to put this put Chris Carson in this caliber of like mediocre, but dude, Chris Carson's good. He's a fucking weapon. He's a great receiving back. He's a good fucking running back. And people just make him seem like it's just a whatever running back. But, again, I'm taking Aaron over Russell 10 out of 10 times, whether that's the start of fucking, whether that's the start of fucking franchise off of or whether that's just a one-game thing, a one-game need to win, I'm always picking Aaron. So, there's that. So, again, I don't think anyone beats him in the playoffs, and I think the only team that does beat him is in the Super Bowl, and that would be the Chiefs. Ultimately, I don't know who's going to beat the Chiefs. I, this, the, I, I, one thing I'm so happy for is people are finally realizing how fucking corny the Steelers. I was going to say something I mean, how fucking corny that the Steelers are. They're just a cornball ass team in general. They're just doing like they're they're like the the classic like they remind me a lot of like the Panthers back in the day. Like everyone was like, oh man, Cam was a shit, but it's like, dude, you're a grown man doing the dab. Get the fuck on the sideline, you piece of shit. Like just get 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 behind center, do your fucking plays. This guy gets us a three run a three run first down, and he's dabbing on people. It's like, bro, you're. That dabbing shit is for fucking, like, kids, bro. High school kids. That dabbing shit, when I was... That shit was going on when I was fresh out of high school. That motherfucker was only a couple years older than me. I thought that shit was corny as fuck. It's so cringe. But kids loved it, of course. It was like, oh, yeah, he's one of us. He dabs. It's like, dude, that shit's fucking dumb. But, yeah, the, the, the Steelers are basically like the Panthers of the year. They're Instead of doing dabs, they're, they're doing the fucking... They're doing, I don't know, they're doing dances that fucking, like, 14-year-old famous girls are known for, which is... Go for it, dude. Just, I don't know. It's just like Josh Allen said. 
Josh Allen, he goes, he goes to his guys and he goes like a fucking like Leonidas in, Sp- in 300, man. Just tells his man, just tells his man, hey, they want to dance. I'm here to fucking work. Let's get this shit done. Sure enough, they fucking go out there straight face, whoop their fucking asses. And shout out to the Bills. I like Josh Allen. I like, I, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him a lot. I, but I never thought like, oh, you know, he doesn't seem like the guy. Like not even so much of the guy. I don't know how to explain it. I guess I'm saying I never like gave Josh Allen the respect he like deserved, which I knew he deserved that respect. He didn't. He doesn't need shit from me. But I know like he does deserve respect all throughout the league. But I didn't really care for him until I saw that video. That video that can that that can make a team. That's one of those things where it's like, hey, like, like, yo, we're here to have fun, but we're gonna punch you motherfuckers in the mouth. You guys talk shit, and they did, man. That was some ballsy shit. I fucking love Josh Allen for that. But yeah, that's that's um, that's about the pod, fellas, ladies. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining the Deep Fight Pod. You got something to say, Mama Sheet? Huh? Hi, right, Mama. She's out. She's going to sleep. <laughs> she gave my voice. She loves, she loves when I talk and shit. She usually goes to sleep whenever whenever I talk. But from me and my little baby, thank you guys for joining the Deep Fight Podcast. Hope I can't wait till she gets old enough to, to do this end line for me. But remember, people, everything is better deep fried. <laughs>